This is The Playbook. Welcome, 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 welcome. We are here for takeaway of the day. I'm letting Jake set the room uh, in uh, Clubhouse. We're IG, TikTok, we're everywhere. Uh, and it's the Friday training, free Friday training we've been doing for over 23 years. Can you believe it? Uh, talk about yesterday, but we've been doing this. Takeaways for the day. We want to understand and listen for what people are listening for. That's the greatest value that we have. I want everyone to check out the fourth season of our hit show, Office Hours, the TV show. And uh, we are blessed to have our fourth season airing on Apple TV. So check it out. Email me if you want to participate in any of our shows. Uh, We have uh, the Apple TV two-minute drill filming in July and August. If you want to be a contestant, a spotlight, a product placement, want to come to our VIP premiere dinners and just email me, david at dmouncer.com. If you don't want to come to anything, at least email me for my free book, uh, david at dmouncer.com. I'll sign a book, send it to you, pay for shipping and the book. Uh, Thank you, everyone, uh, so, so much. Uh, So get lined up. I want to learn what you've learned. That's the idea of what we're doing here. So load up in the comments your takeaway. Come join me as a takeaway. We'd love to know what you've learned uh, this past week. And the questions are coming in as well. But give me your takeaways as well. Here we go. Uh, We'll start off with my takeaway um, for the week. And uh, I'm actually going to uh, read it off because I had to write it down. My takeaway is that perception has its own focus. So beyond understanding how gratitude impacts our perception, finding the light, the love, the lessons in it, perception itself has its own focus. And this is where guys like uh, Landry and Wayne Dyer came up with change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, because not only does perception have its own focus, but it gives meaning and consistency to everything that you see. And so when we realize that our perception has its own focus and that is which gives meaning and consistency to everything we see, perception perception gives focus. Uh, And it's where uh, Landry and, and Wayne Dyer came up with change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Perception has its own focus and your perception, how you find the light, the love and the lessons is and gives uh, that focus. And that allows you to have the consistency and meaning in everything that you see. Uh, And so when we look for things in other people, uh, when we have a focus that's based off of our perception of someone, something, some circumstance, this is the catalyst to manifestation because it gives the meaning and consistency to what we see in others, what we see in those circumstances, what we see in those events, opportunities, options, touches of favor, whatever it may be. So uh, perception is a focus, is my takeaway, uh, Jake, and uh, it's going to change the way I look at things. Again, I thought perception was just something I participated in. I didn't know it had the consistency of that meaning uh, that provided a catalyst to the manifestation and materialization of what I wanted from people, places, things, etc. cetera. Uh, anyway, Jake, go ahead. Uh, let's take on the first takeaway and 
I got tons of them rocking and rolling all over the place. All right, let's do it. Let's start here on Clubhouse. Let's bring up Gigi. Gigi, if you want to unmute yourself and share your takeaway of the week, welcome. Hello, happy Friday. I hope you enjoyed Canada and Collision. I did. Um, one of my biggest takeaways is in every religion or symbolic thing, there's a symbolic death, the death of the flesh, which is something you talk about is like, um, don't attach yourself to outcome. And I heard this so often, but it just clicked for me. It's like, you need to do, do that symbolic death every day. I don't attach to material things or to an outcome or to anything like that. And that's how things come to you. So that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah, that's a great takeaway. I think some people struggle um, with the pragmatic world, with the flesh, with the embodiment. And if you go way back, Gigi, all the way back to Sanskrit, right, the first rule of being human there's 12 rules of being human way back thousands and thousands of years ago before they had writing they only had sanskrit but the first rule of being human is you are given a body and understanding the body itself in the construct of dying or death because our ego is based off of protecting the body right if you believe like i do if you believe in an infinite unified system of thought, then the body itself uh, is something that is a vessel to carry us on this journey. And we want to take care of our vessel so we can not only enjoy the journey more, <clears throat> but have a longer journey. But the body, the flesh, is just a vessel to carry us on that journey. And we can experience and learn more lessons if we take care of that vessel, if we take care of that body. But more importantly than understanding taking care of our bodies is understanding the relativity that it has to the infinite, abundant, unified system of thought that we belong to. This omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source of energy that we belong to that protects and promotes us. Uh, but counterintuitive to that is we've been given a protection mechanism to the flesh. And originally it was defined uh, as Freud defined it as uh, the need to feed the body, the need to fight if someone attacks the body or flee if someone attacks the body or recreate more bodies. This is the simple fact of the ego and how it was created or co-created in order to protect the flesh and now that we have evolved with so many modalities and methodologies and mechanisms in order to protect the body the ego you know doesn't have to worry about dinosaurs running by our cave or freezing to death or, or in most cases and all the other things that uh put our body uh into the fight feed flee or fornicate mode and so now there's this confusion between the unified infinite system of thought and the body because somebody hurt us but not with a club <laughs> they didn't hurt us with a sword with a hammer with fire with cannonballs they hurt our feelings and now <clears throat> The body 
which doesn't have its main primary perception of focus on dinosaurs and clubs and fires and antiquated fears that helped us to evolve to the point where somebody hurt my feelings because of what they said or what we perceive they think of us or because we don't feel worthy. And now the ego takes on a feeding mechanism of addiction uh, or a fighting mechanism of, you know, attacking others with judgment, which are only opinions based on ignorant and fear, ignorant and doubt. And so I think it's a great takeaway to not only understand the death of the vessel, the crashing of the vessel, the injury of the vessel, the body, but also to look at the focus of the perception of what it is that we're afraid of and what ego-based consciousness we're prescribing to that fear, fear of the past or fear of the future. And if we can work on that construct and if we can work on the reconciliation between the fear of death of our vessel, the end of our journey of our vessel comparatively to what we have as far as power goes, information goes in a unified, abundant, infinite system of thought that we can actually enjoy the journey of the body uh, almost to the level that we could enjoy the journey without the body. And uh, I think it's a great uh, lesson and takeaway to start unraveling the layers of the onion to raise your awareness to how we can achieve uh, a fulfilling, passionate, purposeful, profitable journey with the vessel that we've been given. Good place to start, Jake. What do you think? Incredible place to start. I think that was a phenomenal first takeaway of the week by Gigi. What's your what, what's your takeaway, Jake? What's your takeaway of the week? You were a collision with me. Uh, what was your takeaway? You probably talked to a thousand people this week. You listened to tons of speeches, masterminds, meetings, meetups, classes, VIP dinners, preparing for their launch of the TV show today. What was your takeaway for the week? Yeah, I had two main takeaways, I think. I think A is just the power of community and building an audience that is there for you no matter what. And uh, yeah, the importance of growing and building a community. And the second is if there's uh, there's no risk, there's no reward. You really have to put yourself out there in order to, to get to where you want to be. So those are my main two takeaways being at Collision this week. Yeah, you know, I'm proud of you because uh, I think you know, you've been with me a while since you graduated college. Uh, and Gary V made the big mistake of giving you to me. Uh, but more importantly, it, it's interesting because you can see the impact of timing and risk tolerance in the aspect of community. And people don't realize that building a community, <clears throat> whatever that may be, you don't have to publish videos every day to build a community. But you could be a baseball coach uh, for Little League. That can build a community. But... <clears throat> what is your timing and risk tolerance, which is applicable to every investment in your life? And how is that creating the energy, the frequency of your community, which has three characteristics of energy, which is how is my community, community aggregating? How is it exponentially growing? And how is it accelerating in that growth? And if we focus in on uh, what your takeaway was, which is the timing and risk tolerance 
in the uh, perception or, or alignment of building a community in person, on the phone, via emails, media, traditional or social, uh, that we are going back to the entire co-creation process of polis, of community, and that this collective consciousness carries far more weight than an individual consciousness that is participating and co-creating in the collective. So uh, I think you're getting the mission of the company as you've been here long enough of this is how we empower others to empower others to be happy by creating a collective consciousness, notating the timing and risk tolerance that it takes to empower over a billion people and focusing in on growing that community, aggregating it, exponentially growing it and accelerating that growth. I'm proud of you, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, put him on the spot. And he came through with a home run. Thank you, Jake. Who wants to come through with the next home run, Jake? Thank you, Dave. Yes. Uh, let's get the next home run here on Clubhouse from Jonathan Cook. Jonathan, if you want to unmute yourself and share your takeaway of the week. Welcome, Jonathan. Man, this has been a great week. I, I have so many notes from this week. I probably just want to uh, – it was touched on so much, but just – Say thank you for bringing back up the word synergy this week, where one plus one equals eleven. And I tell you what, we have so many winners in this group. The the power when we all lock arms together. I just had this visualization this week of just an army of locked arms people all going in one general direction together with a with a goal of growth. So that's it. Mine's simple this morning. Thank you guys for all you do. I'm absolutely addicted to it. I've been in here almost two years. So thank all you right. guys for all you do. No, thank you for showing up. We uh, <clears throat> want to hear from everyone. And I know there's been people that have been in here for years and we're part of a community. I want to change uh, or give you my perception of locking arms because it used to be uh, the picture that I thought of is a circle and everybody holding hands. Uh, but my new uh, depiction or illustration of locking arms is one of my arms is reaching up high to ask for help for those people who sit in a situation that I want to be in. Everyone has their own skills and knowledge. And as we share our desire to create a delta, to grow and to accelerate aggregate exponentially together, we need to lock arms above us. But also the other hand is reaching behind us and pulling a seat up at the table, which is the primary purpose of Breakfast of Champions, to give people a seat at the table, to have you step up and to have a seat at the table, to share their wisdom that you're receiving that resonates with you every single week. And so when we lock arms, the illustration or depiction of that is not one of a circle, everybody holding hands, but one of all of us reaching up to people who sit in a situation that we wanna be in and reaching behind us in the, the continual perspective of the Breakfast of Champions, reaching behind us, to pull a seat up to the table, to have someone sit with us. So locking arms to me has a different picture perception in my mind. And I want to thank you so much for showing up and illustrating that for all of us. This is a great room, a great collective consciousness. And I want to thank everyone that's been here for years. Uh, as they say, don't even call it a comeback. We've been here for years. Thank you so much. What a great uh, reminder uh, of what we're here for in the Breakfast of Champions to make sure that we're asking for help from others and also pulling a seat up to the table. All right, everyone. Uh, Jakey Bakey, why don't you reset the room? 
Uh, remind everyone that we have our premiere on Apple TV today of Office Hours, the TV show, fourth season. We're filming Two Minute Drill where you can win $50,000 of cash and prizes. We'll be filming that in July and August. All you got to do is email us, david at dmelter.com. I'll also, anyone that emails me and wants a book, sign it, send it to you, pay for shipping in the book. Jake, reset the room. Resetting the room here. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for sharing that with the room here at the Breakfast with Champions. It is uh, 9.18 Eastern time, 6.18 Pacific time. we got 42 minutes left on David Meltzer's hour here. Today's topic is your takeaway of the week. So if you have a takeaway of the week that you'd like to share, just raise your hand here on Clubhouse or back channel me and we will aim to bring you up. Also, yes, want to mention today is the big premiere of David's show, Office Hours. It is season four that is airing tonight on Apple TV. We got incredible guests like Gary V, Saad Guru, Deepak Chopra, all incredible people, and the one and only, of course, Glenn Lundy, too. So if you want to check that out, email David. David's email is david at dmelter.com. David at dmelter.com. We will send you all the links and everything that you need. As mentioned, we got 41 minutes left here. Also, as well, uh, David's show, Two Minute Drill, actually will be filming in July and August. So if anyone would like to attend that, even be on the show as well, just reach out to David. Also, we always love the Breakfast with Champions community and would love to feature you as well. So uh, let's continue with these takeaways, incredible takeaways so far. Let's bring up uh, Justin here on Clubhouse. Justin, what's your takeaway of the week today? Hey, good morning and happy Friday, everyone. Yeah, I have, I have two like Jake. One is, is a very pragmatic one. Um, Evan Carmichael at the VIP Dinner USA this week, Dave, shared a really, um, I thought, you know, simple but great strategy of reminding yourself to follow up with people every 90 days. And as easy as it sounds, as you always say, the easy things, the simple things are simple sometimes not to do. And so for me, it was a really just kind of enlightening moment of, hey, it's just easy to create a spreadsheet or a table in Notion or some other software to say every 90 days just, I need to follow up with these people and just check in and say, hey, how you doing? Anything I can help you with? Really just extend an arm of service. And so that for me was just a really practical, pragmatic takeaway. Um, more on the other side is, you know, Dave, working with you the last 10 years, for me, I, I get so focused sometimes on the data um, and what the data is telling us. And really this week, it was a really, really good reminder of the data will never tell you what's actually happening. And so, you know, I think seeing for me firsthand, it's been a little while since I've traveled with you, of all the people who have come up to you and said, you know, what a video or something you've said that that really changed their life. You know, one guy said, hey, you're just telling me to go up to people and say, hey, do you know anyone who can help me dramatically change this guy's life? And so for me, it was just a really reminder of stop being so focused on what the data because the KPIs and reports will never, ever actually tell you what's going on. And so really, it's you need to lift your head up and interact with people and engage with the community one on one and find out what it is that's impacting people, because those become your marketers. Those become the people that share your message. And those at the end of the day are the people that are going to help you empower over a billion people to be happy. So for me, it was that reminder of, hey, stop focusing so much on the data and actually focus on the impact you're having on people. That's great, Justin. And, and thank you as well. Uh, always making me proud. As Jake, it's so fun to watch people evolve. And I'm going to touch on both of the things that you talked about. Uh, first, the simple things to do are simple not to do. One of the takeaways that I got from Evan Carmichael's list, and he said it went from 100 to about 300 people, and he utilizes his executive assistant in order to facilitate making sure that he reaches out on Instagram or text just saying, hey, buddy, what's up? Uh, and making sure every 90 days he's hitting those list of people. Well, for me, I do the exact same thing in a different way, and then his advice is enhancing what I already do. See, I'm a time person, as you know, so time's the dependent variable of all matter for me. 
time. I give a minimum amount of time every day or every other day or whatever periodic session that I'm necessary in order to facilitate what I want or think is important in the trajectory of what I think I want in the future or better. But more importantly, I realize, wow, I spend a minimum of 10 minutes a day, every day, seven days a week, reaching out to people that are relative to me, family, friends, associates that I haven't talked to in a while. But what a great enhancement to the minimum of 10 minutes that I'm not just calling the same people uh, within the context that I can expand that by being more intentional, by having a list of, you know, a thousand people that I go down and check off. And then I can also prioritize that list. So within the context, I won't use 90 days because I'll use every day within the context of looking down the list of a thousand people that I want to make sure that every person gets checked off. But some of those people need to be checked off two or three times within 90 days. And some of those people maybe only have to be checked off once a year. So by integrating other people's processes into what's best for me, right? Some people aren't uh, daily people. Some people don't stay on the grid every single day, don't vacation every day either. And that's fine. I had a Zen guy yesterday tell me that today's his day of Zen, meaning the last day of every month, he goes off the grid and he evaluates what happened last month and what's going to happen next month. I think that's super cool, but it's not me, right? I'm a daily guy. And so I want everyone to incorporate these takeaways into their own lives and make them their own to enhance, accelerate, aggregate, exponentially provide outcomes for yourself. Um, so that's the first comment that I have on the first simple thing to do that's simple not to do to stay in touch with people that we haven't been in touch to that are relative uh, to who we are. Then I want to talk about data. Data is one variable. It's one variable, but it doesn't tell everything, especially according to the trajectory of what you think you want or better. And so data may, number one, be inaccurate. And two, it may not be important enough to effectuate what you think you want or better. So for me, in my perception of what I want to do, right, I want to create a community of people who help each other and know people who can help each other. I want to empower a thousand people or more to empower a thousand people or more to empower a thousand people or more to make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun to live in abundance uh, because I believe that's one form of happiness and I've never met anyone who makes a lot of money, helps a lot of people and has a lot of fun in their lives that isn't happy. And I'm good at all three of those things. I'm good at all three of those things. I have the skills, the knowledge, and the desire to empower others to do so. That community that I want to build is something over the over a decade now, Justin, that, that we've been together, that you being driven by data and being hyper-analytic and super uh, valuable as well to provide me a variable that I can utilize in order to incorporate into my mission, into my perception of that community. But there's been many times over the last 10 years that you would ask me, well, how are, like, I don't understand that decision. Like, how are you evaluating? Well, cause I'm the only one who has the most constant data and feedback about community. Everybody else has a silo. They have a limited amount of data. I'm aggregating all the data of everyone around me, my family, my associates, my uh, partners, the relativity of my community. 
And, you know, as it grew, we can see that impact. And as time evolved, we can see people that say six years ago, I was sitting in my parents' basement, bankrupt, broke, high. And I heard you plant a seed that inspired me. And I wanted to come here today to give you this gift to thank you because you changed my life. But not everybody sees that. And you know that now. And that's why I try to include everyone I can into the the VIP dinners and the premiere parties and the, the filmings and anywhere I can, the meetups and the masterclasses and the mentorship hours and all of the things that we do is to me the you know, perception or aggregate of my impact in in alignment with my trajectory. Uh, so data is important, but it's only one variable because the data that you're talking about uh, is not the aggregate of all data that I'm analyzing. When someone tells me something, that's data. When I read something in the Course of Miracles, that's data. When my wife uh, gives me feedback, that's data. And so we all are the aggregate of the data that we see or, or what I call information, right? So for me, sleeping provides me a download. Besides recovery, it's accessing info for the next day. And then I'm supposed to put it into motion, which creates the information that I need for the day. Uh, I'm so proud of both Jake and Justin, not only uh, for being up early and helping us here today, but for the lessons that they're learning along the way and the journey of being such integral and important parts of my team. Thank you both you guys for showing up and uh, everyone is benefiting from that as well. Jake, who's up next? We got a ton around, so just let me know where to go. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Dave. Let's bring up the one and only Glenda, who actually was just with us at Collision. Glenda, welcome to the clubhouse. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, it was an absolute pleasure to be with you guys uh, this week and um, so many downloads that have happened to me. And David, you actually have been a change in my life. And this week even turned even more changes. So you talk about the simplest things to do and I've tried to keep it on, but now I'm going to actually put it out there to my group of people of just the easiest simple thing of every morning and every night to say thank you. And from what life has really taught me throughout the times of all the times I've been knocked down, for every knockdown, there has been something to be always so grateful for. And I hold on to that deep in my heart. But we tend to forget that time when it's a little difficult to still say thank you. So I will continue through the next 90 days instead of 30 of every morning and every night to say thank you and I will put post posty notes up around me to remind me to say thank you for for everything for the fact of being able to walk to be able to breathe and to be able to maybe be of service to whoever I can and the other huge takeaway that I had this week is to turn around and ask because throughout my life I've been a giver and never been able to ask and be able to take. Um, I grew up being a, being a giver and it's been one of the hardest things in my life is to ask for others and um, always thinking that I'm um, a burden to others to ask. So thank you for giving me this huge takeaway and for um, 
having the the kindness that you do have and the love in your heart that you give so many and for allowing me to to actually reach out and ask that's my takeaway thank you yeah thank you and it's so funny that you brought up gratitude first uh because I'm watching, we have been blessed to have over 80,000 people that have registered for training now. Used to be a few people, at least Steinberg's office uh, in Orange County that I buy lunch for. <clears throat> and I'm still trying to figure out how to buy all these people lunch that show up. But there's amazing in the comments, how many people, gratitude is my takeaway, gratitude, 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 gratitude. And yet everyone learned gratitude by the time they're three. And like you said, we have to pay more attention to be a more of this aware of the simple things to do and gratitude still uh, has the most impact of anything it takes 0.1 seconds to say thank you to think thank you to do something grateful it's free and so i want to reiterate that uh, as well and then the second takeaway is more obsequious right it's not as obvious as gratitude but it is one in which most people including me have difficulty for some portion of the day some people it's all day, every day. Some people it's minutes and moments, but you have to be able to receive. You cannot give more Glenda with less. And that's what I tell myself all the time, that if I truly have the intention to be of service and of value, what service and value can I give if I'm feeble, weak, broke, high, sick, you know, lying around dreaming about shit? That's not going to do it. So I can't give more for with less motivates me to ask for help, ask to receive, and then allow the appreciation and acknowledgement of giving it away or having it lost, stolen, manipulated, or cheated from me even. They all bring great lessons. You know, I see when people cheat me, steal from me, manipulate me, it's just a different form of giving with bigger lessons. I don't like it because I have an ego that protects me and a need to be offended, you know, a need to be separate, superior, inferior. But look, let's be honest. There's no difference when someone steals something from you than if you've given it away. They obviously need it more than you. And if your intention is to be of service and of value, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Like literally, if you are in the habit of receiving, you shouldn't care how you acknowledge it. Because acknowledgement, acquiring the knowledge of something after you've appreciated it, you cannot acquire the knowledge of anything until it's not there anymore. That's the only time we acquire the knowledge of it. So I'd like to give it away with my own intention, but sometimes I lose things. Sometimes they're stolen from me, manipulated or cheated from me. And it's just an acknowledgement, but it doesn't work unless I ask for more. I still receive the expansion through the acknowledgement and the appreciation, but the system doesn't work to be at peace when someone, you lose something or you have it stolen, manipulated, or cheated from you, whatever your perception is, loss is loss, whether you give it away or someone intentionally takes it from you. Uh, if you don't ha have receivership in your repertoire, it, it hurts. But if you have receivership in your repertoire, knowing giving, receiving, and witnessing, giving, and receiving are one, it doesn't hurt at all, right? It's just acknowledgement. And so I love that takeaway. I love you, Glenda, for showing up at Collision and being such a great participant uh, in the collective consciousness. You brought so much to the table. You know, we had all these extraordinary people like Glenda. We've had 
from you know the lady from Gossip Girl and and you know Shane Battier from the NBA and uh, Evan Carmichael and you know Joe Tolzman and and I'm just losing track. Oh, uh, Rhett Powers was there from Forbes and there's just the list was too long of the people that were extraordinary and it's just a collective consciousness of frequency in a neighborhood that I want everyone to join and so I encourage everyone. Uh, as Glenda has to show up uh, and to participate in a community of people who want to help each other and know people who can help each other. Thank you, Glenda. We love you. We hope to see you soon. All right, Jake. All right, Dave, let's do it. Thank you again, Glenda. You are incredible. If, if anyone here doesn't know Glenda, I highly suggest uh, connecting with Glenda. She is incredible. Dave, let's get, uh, let's continue to uh to move on with this takeaway of the week it's been incredible so far thank you everyone for sharing we got 26 minutes here we got a lot of people that want to share there so just want to maximize the time here and get as many people as possible so next up let's bring up uh justin conico justin if you want to unmute yourself and share your takeaway of the week yeah, Jakey Bakey. Thank you, my man. You know, David, I'm going to take a complete left turn with my commentary here. And I mean, our friendship goes back a couple years now. You graced, you know, my podcast. And there's something you told me when you shared your story on my podcast that completely shifted my perspective. So I, quote unquote, lost a $12 million deal when in reality, it was the best thing that ever happened to me this year. But it's all perspective because the person that I chose not to work with or didn't align with where I was going with my business actually saved me quite a bit of time and money and allowed me to go find new opportunities. So A, I wanted to thank you for that. But more than that, I think the way that you show up in the world is an active indicator of success. Data is a latent indicator of success and a roadmap, but the gratitude piece of how you pour into friends of mine like Levi Latzik and other people that I just, I see what you give instead of taking something from you today or having you pour into my cup, I wanted to ask you, is there something, an action item that every person here today can do with people they meet today that we, you would love for us to do to pour more gratitude into the world? Oh yeah. There's actually two simple things. And the first is, and it's something that I do if I don't know what to do, if I have a few moments, is I reach out to someone or go out to someone and make sure that they know they're not alone. So um, that is what we need. Just remind someone, hey, you're not alone, right? You're part of this community. And whether they're the homeless person, uh, you know, on the street sleeping or a person that you're working with or a family member, uh, you know, reach out today uh, however you can and let them know they're not alone. Um, the second one, is to pick up a piece of trash. I just, imagine if the whole world got into the habit of when they see trash, they pick it up and they put it into a proper place. And so I know I've, you know, it was funny because for my birthday, my wife asked me, we, we walk every day together that we're together. And she asked me what I wanted. And I wanted a tra those trash pokers. And she's like, what are you, 90? You know, and I said, no, right? I, I want my grandchildren to have a place uh, to feel good about living, their vessel journey, et cetera. But imagine if everyone in the world, if you told everyone by showing them, stopping for a second when you see a cup, a McDonald's wrapper, 
a bag, a, a, a beer can, and just picked it up and took the time to put it in an appropriate place. Um, so please, everyone, if you want to have an impact, if you're looking for something to do for me, I always say share my content and do good deeds, but I have a feeling everybody in here is part of that community already. So go tell someone they're not alone, make them feel part of that community. And two, pick up a piece of trash. Uh, I promise you we could have a collective good with that. So thank you for asking, Justin, and thank you for showing up as well. Um, that's all I have to say, Jake. Go ahead, reset the room or, or next. Thank you for sharing, Justin. Let's bring up our next guest. Let's bring up Colleen next to share her takeaway of the week. Welcome, Colleen. Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. I loved that last takeaway and uh, just active service. Um, my takeaway this week was really understanding. Um, you've been talking a lot about this intention piece. And so understanding the difference between the intention and the expectation of not just your communication style, but uh, what you're asking for, really going out and asking for help there. So um, I loved understanding both the difference between intention and expectation this week. Thank you. You got it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Because people lie and uh, they lie to themselves. Therefore, there's incongruency between their intention and their expectation whether it's what they think, do, say, believe, or feel, there has to be alignment between intention and expectation. Um, and so many times uh, there's an incongruency there. And so what happens is that separation or incongruency causes a impact or a effect or a effect uh, that's not intended, um, but yet aligned with an expectation. And so if we can align our intentions and our expectations previous to what we do, say, think, believe, and feel, and if that alignment is also in a trajectory of what we think we want or better, then we can achieve much more of the energy aggregation, the energy exponentiality, and the energy acceleration that we are intending and expecting. And so I think... It's a next layer understanding and awareness to understand intention. First, you know, most people are working on just to take a step back, attention, right? And so they have vision boards, they have all types of attention activities, you know, about if I focus on this house, I'll get this house. If I focus it on this job, I'll get this job. Yes, and the reason that that will happen, but not as statistically successful if you put your intention and align your expectations with that intention is because you're only doing part and parcel of intention by focusing in on it. Because attention plus intention, what we do say, think, believe, and feel, aligned with our expectations and aligned in a trajectory of what we think we want or better, is truly the entire formula, what I call the mathematical equation of luck, karma, coincidence. The universe will coincide with the focus, the attention, and the intention aligned with the expectations and the trajectory of what we think we want or better. Uh, and that formulatic approach uh, has been extremely successful in my life. And the more understanding I have of it, as you unravel those layers, Colleen, you'll see there is a lot of aggregation, exponentiality, acceleration, and uh, aligned with what I call gratitude of the future. Uh, how do we define gratitude of the future? 
It's called faith. Gratitude the path is appreciation. It adds value to finding the light, the love, and the lessons in our past. But gratitude of the future is faith that there's something bigger than us that loves us more than our mom that's protecting and promoting us, giving us everything we want or better. We may just be too stupid to realize it was better, like the $12 million deal that Justin lost. But I promise you, as we unravel in your time, it will reveal itself as being better. The same as even my bankruptcy of losing over $100 million has unraveled itself and revealed itself of being a better outcome than keeping all my money at that time. All right, Jake, uh, we got about, uh, what is that, 17 minutes, 18 minutes left. Go ahead. Do you want me maybe to take one uh, takeaway online because I got like hundreds here and I don't want to ignore the the seminar people. Uh with all those people I, but I, I love the interaction on clubhouse is that fair jake that sounds good and when you're back we'll bring up Demi rock all right perfect uh so this is my takeaway is the optimist creed now i'm a top optimist the top of optimist so i had to read this one promise yourself nothing can disturb your peace of mind so spend minutes and moments in interference talk health happiness and prosperity say what you want in a trajectory of what you think you want or better Make others think there is something worthwhile in them. Let them know they're not alone, that you love them, that you're proud of them, and you always have their back. Look at the sunny side of everything. Utilize gratitude as a lens to find the light, the love, and the lesson in everything. Work for, look for, and expect the best. That means that you do say, think, believe, and feel in a trajectory of the best your potential. Clap onto the success of others. Elevate others to elevate your success. Celebrate everything celebratable. Be a celebrity, a celebrity, a celebrant, not a celebrity. Uh, press on the prom, press on to the promise of the future. Move on from the past. Give the meaning of the past that you want in the trajectory of your future. The only thing that will limit your future is your own self-image. You never will overachieve your own self-image. Give a smile to every living creature you meet. Oh, what a powerful tool that is. Not only will you provide dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins to the person you're smiling at, but it also will occur for you and anyone that witnesses you smiling at every living creature you meet giving receiving and witnessing that smile will provide the dose of happiness that we're looking for finally in in this creed of optimists be too large for worry too noble for anger stop drop and roll understanding uh what what we want in the trajectory of what we think we want uh spend minutes and moments in fear Remind yourself of the first takeaway. Be the vessel uh, that you want to be. Interpret and know how fear uh, is uh, helping you uh, understand where and indicate where you don't want to be. All right. I love that. Jake, go ahead. Let's bring up our next friend. Let's do it. Let's bring up Danny Rock. If you can unmute yourself, there we are. Welcome. Hey, good morning, everybody. Yes, this is Amy Rob. Good morning, Reps with Champions, David and Jake. Um, this is a great conversation, as always. And um, David, you know, when we talk about the, the brain and like these dopamine hits, I feel like I've been a dopamine chaser all my life. And um, recently, you know, I've been working with my inner child. And so I would definitely say my takeaway 
today is about, you know, don't, you know, let the battered inner child hold you hostage. Um, and what just came to mind was when you were talking about the dopamine, it's like, it all comes down to the brain. And, you know, I realized that my traumatized, you know, inner child, maybe, um, you know, it's been playing tricks on me, right? And so um, I understand now that my brain um, is just protecting itself from the things that, you know, that might potentially harm me. So, you know, the fear, you know, so that's, you know, that's one of the things that's protecting me from is the fear. And so even when it's the false evidence appearing real, um, you know, our brain still acts to protect us. And so um, finding ways to just hijack or, you know, hi, yeah, hijack that fear by understanding that our brain will do what it takes to protect us because it's, you know, a primitive brain. But we can, just by being aware that it's doing that, we can look at our fear and realize that, oh, it's okay. The brain is just protecting us. But, you know, take my hand, inner child, and um, let's walk together because, um, you know, don't let the inner child hold you hostage. And so that's my takeaway. Thank you for being here as always. I'm grateful for you. Oh, thank you. And thank you for showing up. And I have a little uh, exercise for everyone when we're talking about our inner child that has helped me in this uh, perspective. And so for me, um, I will go and close my eyes, go through the top of my head and find where I am inside myself. And when you try and practice this exercise, it's really funny. Um, the first time that I did it, I found myself in my stomach and there I was and I notated the age I was and I was five. And, you know, the person who showed me this exercise and talked me through, close your eyes, breathe, picture yourself entering the top of your hypothalamus into your head and look for yourself. And there I was at five years old in my own stomach. And then talk to yourself, hey, what's the matter? Well, notating that when I was five, my dad left and I feel responsible for my mom and I'm at fault for my dad leaving. And this conversation that I had with my five-year-old self to start to heal uh, some of that brain work of fight, feed, flee, or fornicate that is based off of an inner child of an interpretation of a past event to be able to change the meaning of my past from one of punishment to one of protection and promotion to tell myself I'm not responsible. I'm five years old. Uh, seems silly as an old man, but it was extremely beneficial and impactful in my life. And I continue to search for my inner child when I feel separation when I feel the ego-based consciousnesses, when I don't feel right, when I feel interference, as you say, that false evidence appearing real, when I feel that I often journey outside of myself, back inside of myself and look for the inner child that sits in my heart, in my stomach, wherever it may appear at whatever age it is. And somehow the human body contains uh, this consciousness at the age and issues 
that we can heal to help clear the interference between us and the all-powerful, omniscient, almighty, all-knowing, unified, infinite system of thought. So a little bit of an exercise there. And then as far as dopamine goes, I think dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins are God's doggy biscuits. <laughs> I do. I really believe that. And I think it's an indication to keep doing and behaving in that way uh, when we receive those four things, a dose of happiness, I call it. And so, you know, when we give, boom, keep giving. When we receive, boom, keep receiving. When we witness it or are aware of giving and receiving, boom, more of it. And so uh, I also think that there's, you know, the other side, you know, God's uh, rolling up a newspaper and slapping us on our tail uh, with cortisol. Hey, stop doing drugs. <laughs> Here's some cortisol. Stop eating improperly. Here's some cortisol. Stop treating your body this way. Stop talking to yourself this way. Here's some cortisol. And so I see, you know, as a co-creator, a mechanism for the body that these doses of happiness and doses of inflammation or disease, doses of ease and doses of disease, I could articulate it probably better, are simply God or whatever you believe in way of saying, continue this behavior and stop this behavior. And we are blessed to have those indicators uh, for all of us. So just two little comments on an extraordinary takeaway for all of us uh, that can benefit from it. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, Jake, go ahead, reset the room for the last nine minutes. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you for those questions online. We got nine minutes here for the takeaway of the week training here on Clubhouse and all uh, social media channels. Let's, uh, yeah, we'll quickly reset the room. We got eight minutes now. Uh, let's bring <laughs> up the next question to maximize as much uh, time as possible. Let's bring up Akshay here on Clubhouse. Akshay, if you want to unmute yourself and ask Dave, or actually uh, share your takeaway of the week, welcome. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, my takeaway of the week has just been um, practicing uh, gratitude um, in the form of just thanking everyone who's been helping me um, through my academic journey. And um, that's been wonderful. And I had a question related to that um, on how and if you could share how we can or how I can improve um, expressing gratitude in a way that comes from my intrinsic motivation to do so, um, not to do it for the dopamine effects of feeling good about myself, but doing it because it's the right thing to do. Well, first of all, it's not just for yourself, right? So when you do good, other people benefit from it and receive the same dopamine and those who witness it receive the same. So uh, this uh, egocentric perspective of doing good is not to me the collective of what actually happens and anything that we want to amplify requires practice now for me i apply the common denominator of all matter subjective and objective matter time so when i want to pay attention to and give intention to something to create the coincidences the consequences the karma in my life i create a time spot every day for that and i create a minimum amount of time that i'm going to spend on that so a minimum of an hour a day on my health a minimum of time with my p 
people that are relative to us, my wife, my mom, my kids, my cousins, whoever it may be, a minimum amount of time studying time, which includes a minimum amount of time for gratitude, uh, for giving, receiving, and witnessing giving and receiving. I'm conscious about surrounding myself with the right people, the right ideas, the gracious people, and the gracious ideas, so that I am receiving by witnessing as well and reading the right things and listening to the right books and watching the right podcasts and tv shows that's why we create so much content uh it is a con complete community of goodness and we can do well by doing good and i want you to be very intentional with your daily practices of doing good and gratitude, finding the light, the love, and the lessons and everything is one of those key components, common denominators of goodness and wellness uh, that you can do. And it's not selfish. It's not just for you. Giving, receiving, and witnessing are one. You cannot give to nobody. You cannot do good deeds to nobody. There's a receiver and witnesses when you do good. When you pick up trash, there is a receiver and there is a witness of it. Somewhere along the line, someone's picking up the recycling bin and witnessing, holy shit, thousands of people have done good. Wow. And they receive the doggy biscuit of happiness. So put into context the collective consciousness that you're part of, whether it's giving, receiving. This is the basis of why people don't receive. Because... They feel selfish if they receive something and they only see, hey, you know, I'm just giving for myself and that's selfish. You know, what, what, I mean, receiving, what, what can I do? No, it's all one. Uh, we got about five minutes left. A great question. And thank you, Akshay. I appreciate it. Um, remember, everybody, email me, david at dmelcher.com. Uh, today is the premiere of Office Hours, a TV show, fourth season. We're filming season five of two minute drill be a part of it come out and watch come to the dinners come and be on the show win some money win some prizes meet some extraordinary people i mean we've had everyone from cameron diaz to tillman fertita to brett Favre to alex hermosi gary v ed mylett tom billu joe dispenza I mean, it's incredible. We're actually doing a dinner with Joe Dispenza in August as well in Santa Barbara. There's so many different things going on. Participate in this community in person. It doesn't have to be virtually. Uh, these people, you, you hear people that come out and it takes it to the next level of community. So we'd love to see you. Email me, david at dmelter.com. If you can't get there though, I'd love to send you any of the exercises, guides, and of course my book. I will sign my book send it to you, pay for the book and shipping, please just email me, david at dmeltzer.com. We'd love to have you participate. All right, Jake, we got three minutes. Last takeaway, let's make it happen. All right, last takeaway, let's bring up Mike here on Clubhouse. Welcome, Mike, if you want to unmute yourself. Everyone, good morning. Good morning, Mikey. Good morning. Uh, my takeaway is the importance of giving up control and, uh, and really relying and diving into the importance of delegating to allow others to grow. Um, and when doing so, it's really inspiring to see and get feedback from those that fulfill those roles and seeing how much they appreciate you and the impact and obviously the trust for them to kind of take the reins and take that next step. So um, I didn't realize how good it would feel 
rather than I think some people like myself experience like anxiety of control and lack and the delegating part of it as well. But it's inspiring to get that feedback back from those um, and the impact that's been in their life um, and the role that I've had. So it's, it's inspiring both ways. So it's a huge lesson for me this week. I love it, Mikey. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because giving control has the word giving in it. Uh, and giving is an investment and investments require timing and risk tolerance. So I want everyone to notate uh, when we give up control of certain matters, professional and personal, trust me, when you uh, teach your daughters to drive, uh, you're giving up control and you're giving up control and putting your life in their hands. It's probably the most terrifying giving up control that I've ever done in my life. And I had to have a time. I mean, if you knew my oldest daughter, you'd know what I'm talking about. Uh, terrifying. Uh, or Jake, by the way, giving up control of the wheel to Jake is equal to my oldest daughter. Uh, he actually crashed into a parked car once just pulling into a spot. I'm talking about serious timing and risk tolerance that's involved. So I want everybody to think about it's great to give up control, but do a timing and risk tolerance analysis. Elevate others. Don't give up too much control where you can have too much risk uh, or too much of an investment in something that's not necessary. So uh, it's great to give up control, but it's important to have a timing and risk tolerance analysis combined with it. Um, and yes, we want to elevate and empower others to elevate and empower others. That's the mission we're on to make people happy, to teach them a thousand people or more, to teach a thousand people or more, to teach a thousand people or more, to make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. All right. We have run out of time once again here. Once again, join us today, the premiere of season four, the hit show office hours on Apple TV. It's at the airports and hotel rooms as well. You'll see us at your gate. As you travel this summer, you'll see all the extraordinary guests come out and meet these people. July and August, we're filming Two Minute Drill Season 5 on Apple TV as well. Uh, please get a book exercise guide. All you got to do to get engaged with the community is email me, david at dmeltzer.com. Remember, be more interested than interesting. Reach out. Be kind to your future self and do good deeds.